0: There are several times when God actually acts out what he's going to do. So God was acting out the sacrifice of Jesus Christ when God called Abraham to sacrifice the promised son. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings everyone and thanks for joining me in the Fox Den. Today, I want to show you how God acts out the gospel throughout history. When I was in high school, I was on the drama team, and I was in several plays, and it was a lot of fun acting out a story. In one play, I played the inspector in Phantom of the Opera, which is a fictitious story, and I also played Chief Sitting Bull in Annie Get Your Gun. Now, I'm sure Annie Get Your Gun isn't completely historically accurate, but obviously based on some historic characters and it told a story of the past. But one of the features that we find in the Bible is not only does God tell us what he has done, he actually tells us what he's going to do. Now that comes as no surprise because we call that prophecy. But one of the interesting features of the Bible is there are several times when God actually acts out what he's going to do. So when I was in Annie Gun, a story based on actual historic figures, the setting was in the past, If we were to have a play where these historic figures were based on the future, it would be all speculation. But with God, it's not speculation. It's a promise. So again, there are times when God actually tells us what he is going to do. As a matter of fact, Psalm 1610 is one of those times. And there, David says that God's Holy One will not see corruption. And this is a prophecy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ confirms that prophecy. But not only that, the Apostle Paul confirms it. In Acts chapter 13, he's preaching to a group of people, and he says in verse 35 that that verse refers to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But not only that, the Bible tells us what God has done, and this is very easy for us to see. If we read the Old Testament, we can see the history of Israel, Moses, Abraham, David, if we read the New Testament, we can see the, the, the history of Jesus Christ, the founding of the church, the, the work of the apostles. But there are many times when God actually acts out what he is going to do. And I talk about several of these passages in some of my blog articles. For example, the Foxdenjournal.com slash Isaac and the Foxdenjournal.com slash Barabbas. Now sometimes when God acts out the gospel, it's very simple and sometimes it's quite elaborate. But in these examples, God demonstrated what he is going to do in Jesus Christ. For example, in Genesis 3.21, we see that God makes garments of skin for Adam and Eve. If you remember, God gave Adam one command, you can eat from any tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. We know in Genesis 3 that Adam eats of the fruit, and that is the fall of mankind. So a couple verses later, here in 21, God is making a garment of animal skin for Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness. Because remember, what they did is they covered themselves with fig leaves, but God gave them animal skin. Now, what do you need to make uh, garments of animal skin? Well, you need an animal. And what do you need to do with the animal? You need to kill it. So it seems here that we have the first indication of what God is going to do in Jesus Christ. God is going to sacrifice Jesus Christ to cover the sins of God's people. And then if we jump forward to John chapter 3, we see Jesus in a conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a little confused when Jesus talks about being born again in order to get to heaven. And then he tells them that as the serpent was lifted in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted as well. And Jesus is talking about his crucifixion. But what is the serpent in the wilderness? So if we go back to Numbers 21, we see the people in the wilderness. The Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. And the people spoke against God, and they spoke against Moses. So God sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the Israelites died. Well, they recognized what they had done, so they come to Moses, and they ask him to pray for them, which he does. And so God commands Moses to make a serpent and put it on a pole. And when any of the Israelites were bitten by a serpent— They looked at the bronze serpent, and they lived. And this is the event that Jesus is talking about. As that serpent was lifted up, so he too must be lifted up. Meaning, as that serpent was lifted up, he too must be crucified. Now think about this. Jesus wasn't looking for an example in the Old Testament that would kind of help Nicodemus to understand who Jesus is. Jesus is saying that the bronze serpent points to him. God was acting out the crucifixion with the bronze serpent. That's the point that Jesus is getting at. Now, that bronze serpent event took place several hundred years before Jesus was even born, probably about 1,400 years. But God was telling us then what is going to happen. Jesus is going to be crucified. And then if we go back to Genesis 22, there God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now, this is actually a big deal because Isaac is the promised son. Abraham was an old man when God promised that he would have a son with his wife, Sarah. But the problem is, not only was he old, Sarah was barren. She was unable to have children. And many years later, God gives him the son that God promised. Well, then several years later, God calls Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And just before Abraham plunges the knife into his son, God stops him. And there caught in a thicket is a ram, and Abraham sacrifices the ram instead of Isaac. Now, there's a couple interesting pieces here. The first thing to note is what Abraham named the place. He named the place the Lord will provide. Well, isn't that interesting? God provided a ram. Why didn't Abraham name the place the Lord provided? Because that ram was pointing forward to a future event. And then several hundred years later, when, when Moses is writing Genesis, he says that it's named that to this day, meaning the name was still the Lord will provide. So even a, several hundred years later, when Moses is writing Genesis, it's still pointing forward to a future event. It wasn't the Lord provided, but even as Moses wrote it, it is the Lord will provide. So God was acting out the sacrifice of Jesus Christ when God called Abraham to sacrifice the promised son. But here's the other interesting piece. God was acting out the resurrection. The writer of Hebrews even tells us that in Hebrews 11.19. And then we have a very elaborate example where God acts out the gospel. And this involved millions of Israelites and probably millions of Egyptians. So in the Exodus, God led his people, the Israelites, out of slavery into the promised land through the Red Sea. So the Israelites had been in slavery for several hundred years, and God sent Moses to lead them out. And as Moses is leading them out, they are basically pinned between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army that's pursuing them. Well, God sends a wind, pushes the water back, the Israelites cross over on dry land, and they cross into the promised land. And as the Egyptian army pursues them, God brings the water down on them and destroys the entire Egyptian army. Now, you should be able to see several parallels here. God has delivered his people from slavery, and God is delivering us from the slavery of sin. He led the Israelites into the promised land. He's leading us into the promised land at the resurrection. Moses was a Christ figure. He wasn't Christ, but he pointed to Christ who was leading us into the promised land. As God destroyed the entire Egyptian army, he's going to destroy our enemy as well. So you can see here how God acted out the gospel in the Exodus event. And then move all the way forward to Luke 23. There you find a man by the name of Barabbas. So Barabbas was imprisoned for insurrection and murder. It just so happens that at the time he's in prison, they're sending Jesus Christ to the cross. So Jesus is sinless, he has never committed a sin or a crime, and yet Pilate is going to send him to the cross. But Pilate didn't want to. The reason why he did is because the people wanted Jesus crucified and they wanted to release Barabbas. So Pilate gives what the people want. He releases Barabbas and he sends Jesus to the cross. And here again, you should be able to see the parallel. The innocent man, Jesus, who never committed a a sin or a crime, he goes and he dies in place of the criminal. Barabbas was guilty, and that's what happens to us. We are guilty of of violating the law of a holy God. We deserve God's condemnation, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ took that condemnation on our behalf, and we are set free to be God's people. And then we have the Lord's Supper, or to some of you, communion. Now, in the Lord's Supper, we're actually acting out the crucifixion of Christ, and this should come as no surprise to you. The bread represents the body of Christ, and the wine represents, represents the blood of Christ. So this is one of those instances where God is acting out what happened in the past, not what he's going to do in the future. So not only do we have lots of places where God is telling us what he is going to do, and certainly we can see that God has told us what he has done, but we also have examples where God is acting out what he is going to do, and with the Lord's Supper, what he has done for us. So why is this important? Well, first, it is important that we hear what God has done. Faith comes by hearing, Paul tells us in Romans ten seventeen, But God does this to confirm our faith and strengthen our faith. Also, I think it helps us understand what he's going to do. For example, with Barabbas, we can actually see what happens. Jesus takes the place of a guilty man, and the guilty man goes free. We can actually visualize it. So not only does it confirm our faith— But it also helps us understand the principle. And also, I think it works in us a greater love for God. As we can see what God is doing, I think it's just another means in which we can fully appreciate what he is doing and what he's going to do for us. I also think this is important because it helps us see how we should read the Old Testament. Sure, we have history in the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is primarily about Jesus Christ. So we should always have him in view as we read the Old Testament. And finally, I think it's a promise. When God acts out the gospel, he's making a promise to us. So again, with Barabbas, as Jesus takes the place of a guilty man, the innocent man goes free. He's making a promise to us. And again, this strengthens our our love and our faith and our devotion to him. So here's my assignment for you. Take some time to go through the biblical passages that I covered here and look and see how God is demonstrating the gospel. And then as you read other Old Testament passages, see how they point forward to Jesus. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find this podcast on several different podcast apps. Also, check out thefoxdenjournal.com to find articles and other resources. And thanks for listening.